if you have, I mean, if you've got all the shit, it's really easy to just pack and go. Right. And, and if you, like, got a pedal board that's, like, set up. Like, these people that come to shows and, like, set up every pedal one by one. And, like, right. Dude, what no. are you doing, bro? <laughs> right. So so with that in mind, I have, I have my backpack, which is back there. And on that backpack, everything fits in there. Mm-hmm. So I have quad box. Well, well you, you've seen quad, quad boxes, basically, mm-hmm. for power. Right. So I, I got three of those made. Like for us, nice. And so I have three of those. I have all my cables in another slot. I fit all of my like extra strings and all that crap in there. And it's just for me, I just prefer it. You know, it's on my back. I'm not lounging around with a freaking box. (laughs) Right. So, so at this point, I'm done using it. So yeah, I mean, it's it's free to consider. (laughs) And I said, I I think I bought it for. If I pay forty bucks, that was a lot. You know, like if I pay for that, because sure. the biggest thing when the guy sold it to me was an older gentleman, because he used it for DJing, okay. but he but like he gave it to me basically the way it is because I I tried to take care of it, but the, like I said, the latches are out. You know, the, they'll fail sometimes, and so it for me if or my suggestion is like it would be like an at home like to keep it just safe, uh-huh. you know, to keep, or keep gear safe basically. Right. Yeah, you know, to like, keep it at home. Keep, I mean, yeah, I'm keep not it gigging. sealed up. Right, 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 right. Oh man, well, dude, fuck, dude, I'm I'm glad you're here. For sure, and and we're we're we're, getting, nice. we're rolling. Yeah, we're rolling here. Um, oh man, I'm trying I'm trying to contain my excitement because 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 as far as like, well, I say quote unquote our listeners and people who do tune in consistently, um, my goal for these for this year is just to get new to get new people on. Sure. And so and so it's funny that when when you had posted on Twitter and I was like, yeah, dude, let's let's do that. Right. And and. And even with the Skype thing, I was trying to get my Skype stuff like set up. Yeah, I haven't used it in so long. It's just easier to do it in person for sure. Right, right. And I was, and I, that, that's why I have like the RCA thing. Cause I actually I had looped it to oh. where we were gonna be able to do Skype, and oh, it, no it worked shit. out. So now, yeah, now I, I figured oh, out how to loop it for the it. future. Right, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we're gonna we'll get there definitely. But uh, let's start with. Well, for okay, well you're you here, so let's start with your school schooling as for or i guess give people your background i mean i know who sure. you are i guess i can say how i know you right there yeah we start <laughs> with that yeah and uh, then we'll go from there so i know andy from shit probably like even junior high like sixth grade or something like that mm-hmm. and we uh we're playing some music together we we're on drumline together and that just kind of kept up through high school and then i went away for college and i just stayed away <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> But it wasn't on purpose. I want to come back, but it's it's uh, the things that I need to do are away. Right, right. Um, and I'm gonna start with some retrospect, just because sure. I, I kind of start with that, especially yeah. with you know even with Justin uh, Eddie's brother. Mm-hmm. You know he he just he this is his first year out of school, out of high school. <laughs> so it's like, hey man, like what was your experience? So I want to hear your perspective on 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 grade school. Grade school, like high school. That, that, and I actually. Since we're we're older now, so I want to start with elementary. Like, what uh, what was your perspective? Like, what what is there anything that like you think about? Like, oh man, like elementary. Like, how do you see? How did? How, yeah, how, I mean, like, what do you think? I feel like elementary is like a super pivotal moment to like shape a child's life. I mean, if you have really influential teachers that can show you how fun it is to learn and how rewarding it is to learn and continue learning, then that kind of just becomes embedded in you, and and it's just part of your core personality. And so that kind of carries you forever. And I'm very fortunate to have had like multiple teachers that were very influential in elementary. Not in the sense that like it made me want to be a super go getter and like study a lot. It just made me interested in things. Right, right, yeah. And that's the, that, and that's the biggest thing because one of my 
my new conclusions and just I guess foresight for like moving forward is like hoping that we realize like how imp- how important those years are. They're very important. And especially now, important. like, I mean, you, how much younger is your sister? She's four years you, younger than four me. Four years younger. Yeah. So, like, do you have any, like, maybe cousins or anything that are younger than that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And so, like, seeing them interact as, yeah. as they're at their age group. Yeah, I almost, like, feel like I ask myself this question a lot. Like, was I like that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> do we, oh, man. From here, we gotta get. Of course, we gotta get Brian on here and stuff. For like, sure. Us as, as a as a bigger <laughs> as macro a conversation. Yeah. But it's be, it's because these are the common. I think some of the common themes we'll call them, of like realize like man like those are imp- some important They're years. Very important. Yeah. And how you talk to a child and all that stuff. And especially now, like I substitute teach Eddie substitute teaches as well, and he works more with elementary kids. I work with middle school kids. Okay. But any for me, it's anywhere from age nine to age thirteen is my range and it and it's seeing these kids and you have to be really aware you have to be so aware of like how you talk how you talk to them (laughs) yes dude and and it's like oh my god and it's it's the same question what you said it's like was i like that then like back in the day you know 1999 you know whatever it's so crazy no it's for sure and then moving into junior high um i think initially what was what interested me about junior high was like this suddenly you could do things you were interested in like music or art right. or drama or what whatever. got you into band uh yo so i don't know so like this is not a lot of people know my music history so i guess right that's true i don't know i before i was a guitar player first bro like mm. in kinder like really? pre-k Dang. yeah so i played you, guitar you, you grabbed that yeah i played guitar for like three months dude and my teacher hated me man <laughs> Because I didn't want to do it, I didn't like it. Right. I didn't like it at all. Okay. And, and so, I, well, what got you into that then? Like, how did you nah, end up with guitar playing? My, or, I went or, to Mexico one day, and my grandpa bought me a guitar. And oh, okay, so my dad was like, "Yeah, let's get him to learn guitar." <laughs> right. And, okay. Okay. Right on. Yeah, and yeah. then, and then, so I went to later. So I quit the guitar. Mm-hmm. No, no music stuff for a while. And then, in probably about first grade, I went to church, mm-hmm. and I saw a church band, okay. and I saw a drummer and a real drum set, and I was like, "That's so much cooler." <laughs> I want to do that. Right, right. So you got so you got influence at least very early super as well. Super very early and like I would do I've always been a super resourceful person. So I yeah. would do anything to play drums. I'd get pots and pans and colored pencils and just fucking break you shit. Go. Yeah. Just literally break stuff. Because it was just I just wanted drums and then I so the first little drum set I got, I don't know how old I was, but I broke it like in a day. And, <laughs> yeah. and then my next drum set I got in sixth grade, mm-hmm. which is a first act kit from Walmart. Yeah. I broke that. Yeah, it also. didn't last long. <laughs> <laughs> I broke everything. I know. Yeah, I, I I know I went through the same phase a little bit later because like, I think mine <coughs> started like in third grade and I and I phased through drums. Same, exactly the yeah, same thing. Drums, like, you just kind of phased through drum sets. And then that movie, <laughs> that movie Drumline came out. Sixth bro. grade, man. <laughs> and I was like ah, uh, now I really want to do drums. And my dad was like, well, I was a drummer. And I was like, that's cool. <laughs> and he said, well, I'll give you lessons. I said, well, yeah, let's make it happen. So he got me a little Remo pad. I'll never mm-hmm. forget. It was like a red rim with like a black yeah, head. Black head, yeah. And I, uh, he showed me like l- simple stuff, like doubles and like a stick control or whatever. And mm-hmm. like I just went from there. And then in sixth grade, well, so I, we all tried right, out. We all right. tried out for drums and like, I made drums or whatever. And so in sixth grade, I finally had like a book, a book that was a resource. Yes, yes. And I was like, yo, this book, I'm going to get good with it. Right. And my dad my dad really pushed me more. Like That's good. I knew what I wanted to do, but he kind of 
gave me a path and was like, yeah, this is how you got to do it. It's going to suck, but this is how you got to do it. And I practice so much. Yeah, we, yeah. Do you remember these practice reports we'd have to yeah, give? Yeah, 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 weekly, yeah. Literally, the band was. director would call my mom and say, does he really practice this much? <laughs> this many? Because yes. I, think, I think the minimum was like, what, 30 minutes? It was like 30 minutes, 30 like minutes a, some, a, day a or week so, or, or a day or something ridiculous. <laughs> like 30 minutes? What can you do in 30 minutes? Right, and 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 I want to go into, I'm going to, we're going to bring up time in yeah, a bit. but sure. But let's continue. So, so man, but that that's great influence. Because like something like that, like I feel like, for me thinking back it's i had a lot of liberty mm-hmm. because i played sports <clears throat> and then for whatever reason music gravitated towards yeah, me yeah, yeah. so it was a push and pull through all of grade school which you i mean you we we went to school together so you right. saw me in baseball yeah or football and then and, band, and it wasn't even whatever. like you were like a mediocre sports player and a mediocre musician you were like quite good at both it's like and, and and even now like going through this pod going through the podcast being in eddie's band and you know filtering through these things I'm still kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Like still trying to filter out like no, no, things. No, no. Well, my fiance trains or used to. Right. At this nine round thing you yeah, do, yes, and yes, she was yes. like, "Yeah, Andy's my coach," and I was like, "Andy, a coach?" I'm like, of course he is. <laughs> of course he's your coach. Like, yeah, dude. And yeah, I remember one time you you like tagged me on Twitter, and I'm like, "Oh my god, you gotta be shitting me!" Yeah, <laughs> like, dude. Like you gotta be shitting me. I'm like, marrying I, her in six months. We're gonna get to that yeah. as well. We're, we're gonna get to that as well because. I think that's pretty incredible. Yeah. And, th- and there's a whole thing that I've talked, I had talked about, like as far as like vulnerability and and finding that right person that you want to make sure. that step with. We're, we're gonna get we'll there. We'll get there. Um. So let's get, let's, st- let's stay on on middle school chronological. So, right. Yeah. Let's let's go through this phase just so we can we can just filter through this for sure. Um. But so so middle school. What about academics? Like so you you talked about like yeah. teachers being influenced influential in, in elementary. You had those good years middle school like tying in so you're drumming you're like you're in you're focused and you're mm-hmm. practicing all these minutes a week mm-hmm. and so was i studying academics <laughs> no <laughs> no so i was i i was kind of in a i was it's weird to say it like this but i guess in 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 junior or i guess in elementary school i worked so hard and i was always like kind of just pretty smart like at baseline right like i could just pick things up very quickly mm-hmm. and it was uh, lots of things were really easy for me so when I got to junior high, in sixth grade, there was a lot of pressure from my parents to do well in in school. And so I did. Like, I tried really hard, but because they put a lot of pressure. Right. And I practiced a lot. But I, I hated school. Mm. And, and I hated – in sixth grade was the first time we had teachers that I was like, I hate these people. <laughs> like, I like, don't like these people. Yes. They're not good teachers. They're mean. And they they do not foster a good learning environment. And, and some of them, for me, I felt belittled. Like to for put, sure. To put, a, to put a new term, for like sure. thinking now as a twenty six year old, but you know, thinking about like, man, that's belittling. Like it's, for it's, sure. it's a ter- terrible time to belittle somebody. Yeah. A oh, it, you're, you're your most vulnerable growing stage is sixth grade is when you start to have your own opinions and ideas, and you're starting to become this person. And a teacher tells you what you're doing is stupid or whatever. Right. And you're like, damn, I'm stupid. And that's that hurts real bad as a kid. Right, right. It's like and and we don't get taught I mean, obviously you're a kid, so you don't get you don't know what to say. I mean they're right. the they're the authoritative figure in this. Right, and you have to listen scene. to them. That's right. what you know. <laughs> that's 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 it. All right, so so that's middle school. So what about high school? Because I feel like high school it was it was a different level for you. For sure. I feel like things just escalated very rapidly yeah so things so ah so i guess it's important to note that like in eighth grade my parents divorced so not having my dad around 
he he's a he was a decent dude. Like mm-hmm. he he made me a better person in some ways, but in a lot of ways he was kind of a a bad influence and right. he had a temper and I picked up on different, those things, different things, right? Yeah. So when he was out of the picture, my mom kind of gave me this new liberty to be kind of who I wanted to be. And eighth grade was right around the time when I got a call from Chris Vela and all those dudes like in Yugu to like join this band. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, uh, I don't have a drum set. <laughs> right. And like, well, Andy has a drum I'm set. Like, I, was I like, got you. Oh, well, I got good. You, <laughs> nice. Let's make it happen. Let's do it. And, uh, no, it was a lot of fun. And so, like, that, I was like, wow, being in a band with people that are my friends, this is fun. This Dude, is cool. Yeah. And, like, and then right around that time, you and I made the drum line yeah. as, like, freshmen, freshmen or whatever. So we were, we were just in it like drum line like drum line, drum line. that's yeah, it yeah, yeah. every single day every six, day you know, six days a week and then you know whatever and we were playing <laughs> drums a lot like a lot of drums and um our percussion director guy was like really i guess he knew he knew our potential and like pushed us pretty right hard. right right yeah so we were doing like all region stuff too yeah and i was doing jazz all valley too and i was doing like everything <laughs> right. uh, like literally everything you could it, think of and that's i think that's except mariachi right right because right. i can't essentially <laughs> and it's funny because that's one of those things where i've talked with brian where i, I believe i've talked with brian about like in retrospect he's like oh yeah that, that's what we did but to to other people that don't have our perspectives because yeah. we were the people doing this and i'm dealing with this now especially like like separating my personal life with the music life mm-hmm, especially because mm-hmm. like the whole uh stage name thing and all that stuff right, right. But it's like that's a lot of shit. <laughs> you no, know? oh, yeah, and it's, it's 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 and we can only see it in retrospect because at the time it's like we were, we were just focused. Yeah, regardless. we were just we were just focused. We were just doing it, and it it kind of was fun. So it it mm-hmm. kind of lessened the burden in a way, right? Because right. it, it was fun, right? And for me, I I I was very sour to that push. I know, I, at least that's how I felt. Really, which yeah. push? Like the push that like they were to like get better, get better. Yeah, like I feel like <laughs> like man, like this guy doesn't like I. Because for whatever reason, and I, I know I've talked about this like on, on here on the podcast, where for whatever reason I just felt like they were out to get me. Oh, really? Especially our drum director. I felt like I was the guy to get Dude. after. Yeah, like he. So he he was good in some ways, mm-hmm. but in a lot of ways he made a lot of really dumb decisions that we'll get to if we're going in chronological order. But um, yeah, man, he he was he was tough on us, and and even more so, not just our drum director, like Mr. Rogers. Oh yeah, and I yeah I've, I've brought up Mr. Ro- yeah I've I've and I bring up Mr. Rogers. That's quite our frequently. that's our band director, band director. Yeah, yeah, the head band director of. Yeah, pretty pretty nice guy maybe, um, but uh, very 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 um, harsh. Yeah, and and that that was one thing that I know I've talked about because Brian talked about how comfortable he was with the Rogers, and I talked about like, dude, I was just I didn't I want I didn't want to make a mistake. I think that Brian forgets where he was at the beginning and he just remembers where he was at the end and we were both all staters yeah you're right yeah yeah yeah, and so it's easy if i think about it i was like my senior year like i was a king dude like i could do whatever i wanted yeah anything right Mm -hmm. but if you think about freshman year man i remember were you in honors band with me freshman year only only in the fall because of because of drumline dude i was always in soft we did this thing man i'll never forget i don't even remember what the piece was called but it was long it was so long and i had this massive gong part at the beginning i'll never forget and i had to play these wood blocks dude and he would like it was the wood blocks were right at the right at the tempo change and it was really fast and dude i'm like sight reading this wood block part and trying to see how fast he's going at the same time and for like 
a month, it was just wrong. And I was just <laughs> in deep shit yeah. every day for right. a month. For a month. For a month. Until I sat down and I was like, I'm going to memorize this woodblock part to a metronome. And I'm just going to like ingrain it in my mind. Right. Because I'm tired of getting in trouble. Right. <laughs> and see, you know, okay, so now we can go to our, our, ourselves now. It's like. It made you better because yeah, you sat down better. and do and do and yes. it, it and but it's so funny being in the grind where it's in our present day or in our past day seeing that type of grind where it's like for you sure. sit down and do that, and for me I wouldn't do that, <laughs> you know I would right. I would probably just get in trouble. I mean I as I felt like and I, hence why I got moved bands. I was never I was only in honors band our senior year because we practiced together, <laughs> <laughs> snares and tenors baby. And 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 senior year was our was the only year they kept me for the spring, but because. I think it was Leo that they couldn't move him because his schedule didn't allow it. Oh, something like that. So, yeah. and I remember, dude, and I said this before. I'm like, I remember our, I, I was about to say his name, but our our drum director, he was to me, he was just so pissed that Leo couldn't be. With yeah. Me, and he couldn't move me down to the next band. It's like, well, I can't do anything. I can't do anything about that. Right. Even at senior year, I realized that. And senior year, I I I know I coasted it. Yeah. And, and oh no. <laughs> and then I think it's important to, to say honest. that, like, off the front end, for me, there were these ridiculous expectations. Like, not maybe not ridiculous, but there were expectations right. for me to mm-hmm. do something, to be something in right. music or whatever. Right. And that kind of was like a lot. Of, it was a lot of pressure actually Absolutely. as a kid. Mm-hmm. And and it's funny because like you know bringing up Allstate, and I've I've told Brian was like yeah like you guys were you guys are some of the best players in the state. You know that's it's, weird, it's dude. Insane. Yeah, it's insane. It's it's an insane thing to accomplish because it doesn't feel like an accomplishment because you spent you spent all this time it's like well fuck no i belong here <laughs> you know, like sure you know at some point at least at least from my perspective it's like i feel like to give yourself some credit it's like well no i spent if people don't know you spent the past six months yeah and um, so imagine let's just say you're practicing 200 minutes a week in sixth grade mm-hmm. multiply that by the actual time you spent your senior year of high school to, oh, to make all state right i'm just saying just for yeah. perspective's sake of like the amount of time you have to put a lot to, to no a that. lot of time and and i'm totally we've totally minimized just how much like grueling effort it was to be a drummer right. in in our drum line because edinburgh high school for whatever reason had a really good drum line dude yeah i don't know why it but just, we did the way it synced up and man. so everyone kind of had this expectation to be good and it was like kind of pushed on us Day one, mm-hmm. like we're the Red Knights or You're whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are good. We have we play a, hard stuff. We have a tradition to uphold. <laughs> yeah, and it just consistently got worse every every year, man. Yeah. Because a lot of really dumb decisions, mm. really dumb decisions on the line from Ram's part, mm. and I'll say his name. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, that, that'd be an interesting conversation. Uh, I guess. Well, I'm curious because I'm. I'm like, what? Is, it, what was a decision? What that was you felt the decision? Like, like so, like, this is like, the damn. first. This is the first thing that we did wrong. We went. So we lost after my freshman year. We lost two snares. So we went mm-hmm. to three, and it was me, Oni, and Chev. Mm-hmm. And then after that, um, Ram's great idea was that we should have six snares on our drum line. Good lord, dude, and. You know, Eric and Kyle and Mark, those are great dudes. But maybe we didn't need six snares. Yeah, six, a total <laughs> of six. You know? Yeah, and you know, I and I listen to drum lines now just for the sake of listening to like see how tight they are, like that. Right. Because that, that was always our thing. Like, oh, how tight are play we? Play clean. Yeah. yeah. Play clean and play to you know play as a you know as a, as a unit. Yeah. And so like yeah no it yeah and because even what 
Did they march seven like the year after us or like Dude, th- yeah, exactly. Like, they had, like, four after my senior year, they mar- after our senior yeah, year, yeah, they yeah. marched seven snares. <laughs> it's like what the What fuck? in the world are you thinking? <laughs> it's like that's so crazy. And now I mean now because because of Vela, like nah. you know, having a new high school now, it's like besides the dispersion, you know, like did you yeah. have to change total change of like plan and like you have to change the No, things. it was just a lot of really silly decisions and within the line too, um there's a lot of conflict between like some members on on some yeah, parts of yeah, the drum line. Yeah. And Ram's great idea was to put them together <laughs> because they're going to learn how to like each other. No, sir. Right. No, sir, they're not. It's And, you know, it's funny because, like, this book, Extreme Ownership, here by Jocko Willink. And oh, Rick cool. It's a, they're retired Navy SEALs now. They have their own uh, uh, podcast, right? Yeah, their own podcast. They have their own uh, consulting company as well. Cool. And so, like, one of their, one of their chapters for this book is uh, there are no bad teams, only bad leaders. For sure. And so, like, you know, it, it's interesting, like, because for me, reading, I've read that book four times now in two years. And my whole point is, like, these decisions, it's so it can be it can be catastrophic. Yeah. And, and, and I think in, in the sense that, like, we were a very high performing drumline, at least our ninth grade year. And mm-hmm. that just quickly deteriorated. You got to ask yourself, why did that happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have yeah. a few ideas. <laughs> right. And it's and. For me, what happened? So after, so now, so now you went through your, so now went, now basically scoped high school and how, and for people listening, like this is just the point of like how much music consumed. Yeah, so this is just music, right? So right, there's a whole school component <laughs> to all of that, and yeah. so I'll say this much just to kind of quickly wrap up the school part. Yeah. Freshman and sophomore year, school wise, were non-existent for me. Mm. I did drums and music, and we did so much music that we were pulled out of so much class. Yeah, that yeah. I just. I wasn't a good student. I didn't. I wasn't at school because I was doing all this stuff. I had a girlfriend who, for lack of a better term, was not that great. <laughs> High and, school man. <laughs> and, and yeah, it just pulled me away from mm-hmm. being focused on yeah. academics. And at the same time, we come from a demographic where school after high school it's it's harped on but it's nothing like hey man i don't know if you know you got to get good grades to go wherever you want to (laughs) go right that that's not a conversation that's had with maybe now more but when we were kids yeah i feel like yeah it's because the only reason why i have at least something to compare to is because i have a cousin who's a he's a sophomore he'll be a junior coming up so like just listen to him and he he's already taking like he's already taking like psychology and like uh art appreciation That's stuff. He's, crazy. he's a sophomore. I'm like, dude, keep doing that. I'm like, cause I yeah. t- I I do tell him this is like, if I can be honest with you, is like, I wasn't pushed to do that, but the fact that they're just making it as part of the curriculum now in high school, it's great. Uh, you, you're not gonna lose, man. I told him you're not gonna lose. I'm like, yeah. study hard. If you have questions, freaking ask questions, especially exactly. to your, especially to your college professors. Ask them questions. They will fucking answer it for you. For They'll sure. For no, you. a thousand percent. And yeah. so I guess. Yeah, I guess we have to talk about at some point in high school, I was like, oh, okay, so let's stay in high school for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because we we were just talking about drumline and whatnot, but this whole band thing, right? Fallen Empire, bro. <laughs> that yeah, was man. that was it. That was four years of pretty much that. Yeah. And we played a lot of shows. Yeah. And and, and I, I fell out. I, I, I say finally in the sense of like, hey, like there's some clarity as far as like, when you guys started gigging a lot more, well, baseball season was starting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you I, were busy. And, and I was, I wasn't, and I chose baseball because Ryan, he he went to the band. You know, mm-hmm. he stayed with with you guys, which is and it's, it's interesting because that's a decision that, that's an adult decision. Yeah. Because like, you guys were 
playing gigs. It's not like it was just this backyard, you know, thing anymore. It yeah. wasn't like that anymore. Yeah, it was we sweet. started like that, and we had a lot. I had a lot of fun. We still did the eighth grade talent show. We did, a, you know, we, we did. The there's a video somewhere out there somewhere roaming <laughs> of, of, of that of that song, freaking uh, Roadrunner United. The end. In the end, <laughs> or the end, yeah, whatever it's called. But uh, but yeah, but then so that, so you have band school which is non-existent oh, academic or not school. as much yeah, 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 yeah. i'm yeah. passing classes yeah 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 we're all we're all passing so that we can play right <laughs> that's it and uh so fall empire go go into that just a tag because I, I don't know if i've ever talked about it on here but it's like i've i've now talked to some people that i've met in the music scene here that's like oh yeah back in the day and i was like oh yeah fall empire like those are those and i say with a full like appreciation like those were the guy like those were some friends you know like those were guys, for sure like, you guys continued like just going we just kept going made way and it was kind of so i guess we got our first show at the end of freshman like our first show show we were playing like backyards or yeah, whatever yeah. and just hanging out and we'd have practice and play for two minutes and then just like mess around right. on a video game console <laughs> for five hours and you then know Pat making his videos yeah and then we just make <laughs> videos and just be super silly you know and and when we got our first show I'll never forget, man. We, it wasn't good. We were not good. And <laughs> and seeing all these other bands, I, I was like, damn, we're not good. We need to like change something. What we're playing isn't good. People don't like it. People yeah, don't maybe. move to it. We got to do something. And so I was like, hey guys, we gotta like, we gotta be like more hardcore. Like because at the time, two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. That was like the the main genre is like you you were a hardcore band or not not a deathcore band death metal or any of that stuff yeah. just hardcore just literal hardcore two step circle pit like breakdown mm-hmm. over and over and over and over right and over. yeah yeah and so repeat that four yeah song. I just, four songs I just sat pat down and I was like hey we gotta write better songs man and so we tried to and they were all right and they right. got us by for about a year and so we were playing a lot. At this point, sophomore year, we had so much time on our hands after, you know, marching season or whatever. <laughs> yes, that, that was a, that was the biggest thing. Yeah. So that we would we would literally play a show a weekend almost. Yeah. Every week for a long time. Yeah, for the, even so let's say even at 4 months, let's say January through May. It's, you know, that's 5 months, so 5 times 4, you know, 20 shows. That's, I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, 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 that's a lot for a bunch of kids. <laughs> exactly, because we don't have a damn clue. I say we as kids. Yeah, have no, not at all. That is. And so our parents are like, what are they doing? And <laughs> and Pat's dad's driving us everywhere. Yeah, and I remember that. Yeah. And we were just making friends with older people and making merch making merch <laughs> and just weird stuff right for kids to be doing you yeah, know yeah and so again we is the music that we made the second time wasn't that good right so uh, again we played so going to summer of 2008 right before our junior year okay. we played so many shows that summer yeah. like I'm talking even sometimes two shows a weekend, three Dang. shows a week. So that, we, that, that's a full week. That's, we for would us, that's take, full week. We yeah. would take anything, any show, yeah. house show, VFW, any show, anywhere we would say yes Put to it because bill. we just wanted to play shows. Yeah. We didn't care with who. We didn't care who showed up. We just wanted to go play shows and hang out with our friends, and that was it. That was literally it. And so, again, we made so many friends that summer. And we got more popular, mm-hmm. but there was kind of like a ceiling that we felt, uh, I felt at least. And mm-hmm. and it's not to say that I was like a band leader, but I was the dude that was the most aware of 
how people perceived us, I felt. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so there was a ceiling. Like, people were like, yeah, you know, they're good. They're tight. But the music still isn't what we want to hear. And I was the dude that went to shows and the rest of my band goes, hey, can you hold my phone, my keys? I'm going to go pit. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm going to watch the drummer. Yeah. I watched every drummer that ever played a show with all of them almost. Yeah. And I learned something from them and I learned something from the band and how they wrote songs and stuff like that. And I wasn't a guitar player, but I knew that I I know I know how to write songs. Like yeah. I know that this part goes to this part and you, then should go to this part. You were finding the patterns. You were finding For the sure. patterns that like okay. And you know it's funny cuz patterns with dr- rudimentary drumming, you know, patterns. That that's what right. we got ingrained for It's all years, patterns. And, so it's interesting how you caught that very early. Yeah. You know, so right? I picked up on these patterns and I was like, yo, when people go from a two step to a breakdown, the crowd loses it. We need to do that or like mm. or oh, one liner where like the crowd can do a gang chant. They love that. We need one of those, you know? And so after that summer, I was like, yeah, there's a ceiling. Uh, People aren't liking something about us. I don't know what, but they're not liking something. Because from 2007 to that point, so about a year or so of us playing shows, we played first every single Mm -hmm. show. And even if we were third, we were so responsible. We show up to the show at the beginning. The first band wasn't there. Oh, hey, guys, can you you play We're going to put you in that slot. Yeah. You know, so we we just shut our mouths and we paid our dues, you know, for a year, maybe even more. Yeah. And we just decided. So I decided after that summer, I was like, yo, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of playing first. I'm tired of not being respected. And in retrospect, that's kind of ridiculous, like because all the bands that were doing well, they're like 20 year olds, 21 year olds, 22 year olds. I'm a 16, 15 (laughs) year old (laughs) going, damn, we need to be where they are. (laughs) Right. And you know it's funny because even now I don't I, and we're gonna get to because I want to get to like as far as career and choices yeah, like yeah yeah but even for us so like even with Eddie like I've been playing with Eddie now for two years and I've been playing we'll call it professionally for five years mm-hmm. and and with that it's like oh I want to be like this person right right you, know? you have and an it's aspiration like, and it's like it's like well fuck they're only twenty years older than me <laughs> you know like yeah. it's like so in this and it's just, to me I just it's just a parallel that I find for it's sure like, no it's like realizing like okay exactly. we have an aspiration but we. We felt so detrimental to ourselves because, like, well, we're not there. Fuck. Right, we're yeah. We're not good enough because we're not there yet. And no, not, <laughs> not once at any point that I go, ah, oh, dude, it's okay. You're just 15. <laughs> Never. Never. Do you, still struggle, do you still struggle with that now? Yes. Yeah. yeah. All the time. I feel, I, feel like, I feel like that's a commonality um, for us, especially, like, you know, I, I try to see where people go with the conversation, whether it's on the podcast or just in, out in the world. Sure. But... I can I can see who fits in. There's a certain circle of people that I know from from different walks of life. But right. there's there's this parallel of like you know the the being your own worst critic, and that's like and pushing yourself. Yeah, yeah. And pushing the people around you even to some extent because it wasn't a me show, right? It was me and and at some point we added a sixth member, so mm-hmm. it was me and five other guys. Yeah, other people. And I I kind of took on the role. I was like, I'm band leader, like and. I'm the dude that has to be a jerk. I'm the dude that right. has to say, dude, you suck at playing your instrument. Get better. Right. Or, dude, you can't learn this breakdown. Like, I'm going to teach it to you. And if yeah. it takes me five hours, I don't care. You're right. going to learn it. Right. Or, dude, you suck at your timing. Like, get it on. I had to be that guy. Yeah. But at the same time, I had to be nice. So it was, like, really weird. And so after that summer where I was like, we hit our ceiling, I basically told Pat, I was like, look, we've got marching season coming up. This is perfect. We take time off. We don't play any shows mm-hmm. until, like, December. I, I actually remember that 
period. Cause I, I think I wasn't there, but I remember you talking about like taking a break, like cause yeah. you guys needed the. We took a break to write a bunch of music, literally, and I was like, we are gonna be way better. And we took a, we had a bunch of new influences now. That's for you, by the way, that water. Harvest water. Yeah. We had a bunch of new influences now from playing shows and whatnot, and so we played with so many out of town bands and so many different genres metalcore grindcore hardcore like any metal all just weird stuff right like, <laughs> yeah. anything with a core at the right. end like we played with that it. was the thing and so we we picked up on all of their kind of like ways that they would do stuff or the ways that the crowd would react to them and i basically told pat like hey we got to write a bunch of good songs and we were listening to like white chapel and mm-hmm. like, I, yeah, all, I remember being influenced with them even now i mean i'll still We'll still, but Gonzo, our drummer now, he'll bust that out sometimes. That's what's up. Last Saturday, we were packing up and he's blasting that out of his White car. Chapel's so good, <laughs> dude. And I mean, it's just so we, we, I basically said, what is Whitechapel doing, or what is Abacab doing, or yeah. what are these bands doing that they're getting such a good response and we're not? Right? These are signed bands. I'm right. a 15 year old kid, and I'm going, what do I got to do to be like them? Right. <laughs> And so I listened to all their songs so much, I like obsessed even over it and how they wrote their songs and like what the riffs were like and what the drummer was playing and like it was really hard stuff. And me and Pat sat down at Guitar Pro for three, four months and we wrote five songs. Yeah. Five songs, six songs that fit in a set that fit twenty five minutes, yeah. thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. And we played a show back in December, the December after that. Right. And dude, everybody was like, Who are you guys? Yeah. You guys sound nuts now. We had two vocalists. One did a low scream, one did a high scream, and we could blend them, and it sounded like a demon, a literal demon, dude. And we, me and Pat wrote really good songs. I thought they were pretty good songs for a 15, 16-year-old. And, yeah, man, the response after that was wild. After that, it seemed like everything just snowballed, like, out of control. We were getting crazy show offers to play with, like, Don't Get Emo, Don't Get Emo shows, which were, like, they were like the biggest shows you could play in the mm-hmm. valley. Yeah. With big bands. Like we play shows with I Set My Friends on Fire. And then we started to get a bunch of shows playing with like Arsonist Get All the Girls. And they became our friends. And just crazy, crazy stuff. And we're at the time I'm just sixteen years old, you know? Right. Yeah. And uh we get this show offer in junior year. Oh, it wasn't really like so don't get emo. Goes we're we're throwing this festival called Never Say Never. Right. Right? I was about to bring that. Yeah, yeah. I was about we're to throwing bring that this festival called Never Say Never. Um, the way that you can get a local band on the show is you comment on MySpace and you say you want X local band to play the show. And so we were like, Nah, we won't. We will never do it. Like we're not even gonna try. And yeah. then at, one day Chris Vella goes to me, maybe even in class or at lunch. Hey, dude, what if we try? Like, what if we just <laughs> what try? If we try? What if we just say, hey, dudes, vote for us? And so we did. We said, hey, dudes, vote for us <laughs> on a bulletin. And it just went out of control, dude. So we got added. Mador got added. Lane Ruins got added. Lane uh, Ruins, TCA or whatever, that other Edinburgh High Band got added. And the requested was on, I think. And it was six of us, I think. And the show basically rolling up to it we knew it was going to be big but all of us were pretty cynical because we knew that it was going to be a bunch of people not from our scene a bunch yeah. of like little pop punk kids and we we're mm-hmm. like ah pop punk kids like, <laughs> you listen to pop punk loser <laughs> that's obviously not a good mentality to have, but um 
So we were like, yeah, the show's going to be whatever, right? A bunch right. of people just standing around watching yeah, us. Not even, yeah, they won't, so we play, they won't know any better. We played third that day, and there was a lot of... I mean, there's a decent amount of people at the beginning of our set, but I guess it was... We were so different from every other band that everyone kind of was like, what is this screaming stuff? What is this <laughs> breakdown stuff? Our crowd was insane that first year. In fact, the other band playing on the other stage, which was a signed stage, had to stop playing and wait for us to finish so that people could go back over there. Yeah. It was insane. Which is the way it should work. I mean, you, you, right, you no. should be, you should be uh, out, what, do you, what do you call it? Like uh, Staggered. Staggered, yeah, for sure. Staggering bands. Uh, and the, the first time I learned about that was when I was living in Corpus, and the way the, the, way the main venue, which holds 10,000 people, They'd stagger, and it's like, okay, 45 minutes, and then you get your hour, 45 an hour. And right, right, That's right. where I first learned about that, that concept. I, n- right. I never heard about it. No, and it makes year. sense, obviously. Right. But after that show, our popularity was so real yeah. for a year or whatever. It was solid. Dude, I remember, dude, even at school, there was a buzz there, and it's like, it's like yeah. and, and from <laughs> my perspective, it was like, fuck yeah, like, great. I, even then, I felt that optimism for you guys like yeah. why not keep going like i chose baseball these guys continue to play these shows no, like dude. fuck yeah yeah fuck and yeah. we just we played out of town shows we played mm-hmm. in laredo we I played in that. san antonio we played what's the farthest you guys went san antonio san antonio okay honestly honestly i thought you guys had gone up to fort, even fort worth we booked a tour out to fort worth okay. as like children but <laughs> my mom derailed that real fast <laughs> real quick. oh man what was the reason for that why she derailed it yeah uh, because we were kids yeah. and she was like, who's going to drive you guys? And uh, we obviously hadn't thought about know. that. There are people <laughs> in the band that had licenses, but <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But w- they weren't going to let us go alone. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes total sense. That makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. So the day my mom said, you guys, like we, me and Chris well have worked so hard on booking the tour and making it happen that the day that she said, you guys aren't going to go on tour. We kind of knew like, there's this new barrier here and this one's kind of harder to get over. Yeah. And around that time, I was getting more into school and getting right. more interested. Yeah, because now we're falling into your jun- or, or senior, our junior, yeah, senior, junior year. senior year. I was getting more into school, getting more interested in, like, science and stuff. And mm-hmm. I thought it was cool. And um, I had this family doctor that I always looked up to. And I thought, maybe I want to try to be a doctor. Yeah. Well, let's transition to that because that, that's one of my – I, I made sure to write down at least some questions in case, you know, to see how this went. But – um, yeah, what got so so go through that? I wanna yeah. I want to know. So um, I just kind of sat down one day and I was like, hey, maybe this band thing isn't gonna work out, and maybe I need something a little more viable. And what do I like a lot? That's not music. Well, English is okay, not really. <laughs> yeah. History is kind of boring. Uh, math is just not for me that much. Like I'm decent at it, but not my favorite. Science is pretty cool. That's something I can really get behind, you know, and mm-hmm. really explore. And there's just so much to learn, right? Right. So I took AP Bio my senior year, and it super changed my life. It literally changed my that life. Just tri- that was your flip. Yeah. That was your switch. Changed my life. So, so I want to talk. Like, I, so you chose. Like, what, what was your undergrad degree? I have a degree in molecular and cellular biology. Okay, so so that's your degree. How was how was your college experience? My college experience was awesome actually i had a great time uh i worked really hard i studied really hard but i played really hard too you know like my freshman year uh my first semester was ridiculous as far as like i would study every day of the week try to get all my work done friday came i was gonna go out and try to find alcohol yeah you know (laughs) yeah and it never derailed me once because I, i could catch myself and say 
you know, it's just Friday night. And if I finished all my work and I'm done studying, then let's go I'm shoot. good. Yeah, you know, I can hang out. Mm-hmm. I can play. Agree. Hang out with my friends and stuff like that. So I, very early on, I learned the balance between having fun and studying. That's good. That, that's that's cool. That's cool to hear. Uh, from I mean, from my case, it was just a little bit different because I I got a job. Oh, okay. When I moved, and that was my deal. So and and even now, it's like it's just part of what I do. Like I have to be doing something mm-hmm. because what ha- like, honestly what happens with me is that when I when so you go out, let's say you go out you go out Friday night right yeah well mine by the time you know it's like three days later <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. It's like, for me I I find that for for me my personal experience is that I can fall off really quickly and it takes me a little bit longer to get to back get back on. on so now it's like I'm, I feel like my balance is way better now than even a year ago mm-hmm. but that experience is like yeah I, I remember working and you know if, if I did go out. It's like, well, the next day I had work, so like right. that kept me in check. Having work kept me in check for sure. No, you man. know, I, I didn't. My my discipline, you know, was very was still developing. You know, and and it, for me, like, cause you you got to go to school with a lot of our f- high school friends as well. Sorta, yeah. I mean, at least a few. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, like for me, I moved al- alone for all to Corpus, right? Yeah, yeah. I went to A and M Corpus, and you know, I got my under. I mean, and ended up being really a, obviously in retrospect a great experience. You know, sure. I learned retail. I learned. Oh, profit margins? Oh, wait. Yeah, what, what is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh. Right. And when I learned our profit margin, I was like, this is some bullshit. You know, right. I want to get paid more. We're not making <laughs> yeah. money. Yeah. Yeah, like, or actually, no, it's like, it's like, hey, we're actually making this much money. Like, But we're not getting a good cut. Right. It's like, hey, man, like, I, I kind of want some of that. You know, I want. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'll tell you, I'll, we're over 50%. Oh, really? Profit margin. Yeah, the, the retail store I was working at. I worked there for two and a half years, and I learned so much. And I learned also as far as I learned just what I didn't want. Okay. And I find that that's what works for me now. It's even with the comic, like, you know, you saw the Jordan Peterson book I'm reading and, yeah. and all these other books that I'm reading. It's like, and I, I got to ask this question recently. It's like, you know, how do you know what's read and whatnot? It's like, well, I've learned, and this is through the past five years, is like doing, like find out what I don't want and then doing the opposite of that. Right. And like, I'm content. You know, I go to sleep content and I wake up content. And I, yeah. I go to back to work or whatever. Yeah. It's super interesting. Um, so you did, so you finished in the four years? I finished in four years. Did, do you feel like anything, okay, what, well actually, um, what changed for you in those four years? Like, like, did you, did you see any changes maybe in perspective yes, or? Uh, definitely. I was so high strung my first and second years because I felt like, I remember going back to high school, like I didn't try really hard the mm-hmm. first two years. So that kind of set me back a bit as far as like things that I knew and the classes that I took and just my experience with academics in general. But I knew I was smart and I knew I could do it because first year I was getting really, really good grades. Right. And I knew I had the potential, but I had to work really hard at that time. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, the hard work kind of turned into this embedded knowledge that it was a foundation for everything that came after and because I worked so hard off building my foundation learning the rest of the science was super easy very easy so when I got to my junior year of college and I started to take classes like genetics and biochemistry and stuff like that I I knew that I had a great foundation and and so I found that I could I had even more free time now because I didn't have to study as much to make the same grades. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the way I, okay, for me, the way my connection was that, because there's some people that were like stiffers, like, guys, you need an A, get a 95. Like, you know, it's like, you, you yeah. know what you need for whatever you want. It's like, okay, do that. Right. And for me, because through Tim, I have some Tim Ferriss books here, and he he's, I don't know if you ever heard about him. No. But uh, he 
is known, quote unquote, as a human guinea pig. So he's done a bunch of like experimentation stuff on himself. Okay. But what the uh, one of his main things is finding the minimum effective dose. Oh, cool. So so he's one of those guys. He, he's one of those, I guess, developers of that concept. Interesting. And uh, and so like that's that's what I do now. You know, yeah. instead of, instead of like like just beating your head like oh my god it's like i need to be this epic person right you're right what do i need to do to get what i want that goal and and it's funny because like even in what you want it's like well, what does that mean right you know you have to know what and i'm still learning that now it's like well wait it's always why am i doing that why am i doing this and exactly and honestly so i I can tell you is like reading jordan peterson's book i'm only through the first chapter sure but uh like even through him it's like defining all these things that that can help us achieve goals that we want okay you know, and, and, and that's part of the biggest thing that I've gotten, is even now, where it's like, okay, because ha- everybody's like, oh, follow your dreams. Right. A lot of people just say that. Well, it's like, well, what are your dreams? And when you ask somebody that, they're, they're kind of stumped. Yeah. No, I could agree with some of the things Jordan Peterson says as far as, like, bettering yourself. Um, there are some things that he says that I don't agree with. Yeah. Like, the way he, like, looks at... Um, like relationships between a man and a woman and how mm. a man's supposed to have like a dominant role and like carry the house and stuff like that. Yeah. I just think we're in a different time and, and I view my counterpart as a full equal and she can carry her own weight and um, I don't feel inferior if she's doing really great at, at right. a moment and I'm doing bad because that's a that's a kind of a balance that will shift over time consistently. Right, right. It'll go to me and then it'll go to her and then right, it'll go to me right. and it'll go to her because life isn't perfect and you can't consistently be this perfect individual. Right. And so I agree with the things he says as far as bettering yourself. Yeah. But um yeah, that's he's got that, some weird ideas. Right, right. There's some there's some like boundaries he definitely pushes and for sure. For me, it's like because I, I mean, for me, even this the new book that he just released last week, Twelve Rules of Life, um, it's definitely for me. To then, okay, if I can better myself, it's what you said earlier here talking here is like, you know, just getting better and then hopefully influencing. For me, it's more of the influence. Uh Like if I do all this work, if I do this work and I read these books or whatever, and if I use them, hopefully someone will be influenced to just better themselves. Right. I'm not saying do exactly what I'm doing. I'm not saying don't follow in my footsteps. No, 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 no. no, no. Don't do that. Just take what what you need. And I actually had that conversation last night too. It's like, don't, I'm not saying, oh, because... I think this, so we can tie in like parenting a little bit mm-hmm. with this is like, you know, like, oh, well, Andy does it like this. Why don't you do it like that? Right. Because his name's uh, something else. Frankie. Yeah. His name's Frankie. He's not, he's not, he's not Andy. You, you right. can't expect that of two exactly. kids, two human beings, period. Yeah. And so that, no, I super that's definitely, agree with that. that's definitely part of the, that's my biggest takeaway from Jordan Peterson. That's kind of what I focus on. Yeah. Is, is the macro of like, okay, if I can better myself and if I push my limits, Maybe it'll be enough to help someone else push their limits and find sure. exactly what they want. Because exactly. I know, I know what what I'm working on right now for myself is like just defining a lot of things. Okay. Like what is, what it like my like with a musician like music thing was like well what is my goal? Yeah. You know when when was the last time I wrote down my goal to like okay what I want to accomplish really out of music right right right, and going through that anyways, let, let's let's continue moving through here. So, do you feel actually no I, I want I want to start here. So on your Twitter you say you have a love and compassion. For the human condition, I'd like yes. you to define that. So basically, what it is is just understanding that everyone's a human being, and understanding that maybe not all humans are perfect, right? But that doesn't change the fact that they're a human being, and that you right. have to respect the fact that they're a human being, and that they deserve a quality of life. You know, people make mistakes, and some mistakes are worse than others, and they should be punished for the really bad ones. But right. um, I just love human beings and i think that our potential for greatness is so 
huge. It's isn't it crazy? Like I feel like me and you have that same view. Is like like there's so much potential. Yeah. You know, there's like, and and that, and to be fair, like there's uh when he, when Doctor when Jordan Peterson broke down uh, the Book of Genesis, mm-hmm. and you know he 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 broke like the first line. It talks about you know and God created, or no before God created you know the world as we know it. You know. It was just a planet in the abyss, you know, mm-hmm. like, and the way Jordan Peterson, and this is, of course, I'm just breaking it down, but um, basically there's there was potential, mm-hmm. and then you make something out of that potential. Right. And so it's cool that I see, that you see, I, I feel like you see it in the same way as, like, there's potential everywhere. Yeah, it's so everywhere. It's so insane the amount of potential that there is out of a human being. As right, well. and so in the in the role as a, as a physician, you have the ability to maintain health. Mm. That is so massive. That is such an honor, you know what I mean? Like to take care of someone and make them better when they're sick, that's incredible. And you learn things about people that they wouldn't even tell their closest friends. Right, yeah, yeah, that confidentiality that comes with your work. It's a massive responsibility, and and you have to just learn to love everyone because if there are going to be people that are going to rub you the wrong way. (laughs) Yeah. But as a doctor, you can't, deny them care because you don't like them right yeah it's like what the, what the hell like, <laughs> like right we're then we, when we can go into like ethics and you know we can sure. go without a whole another rabbit which we're not but you know it's, it's real easy to fall into that right because then your ego gets pushed and and i feel like before i decided to be a doctor i was kind of a like re- remotely hateful person like i i just didn't understand I where do you like, think that came from my dad okay yeah my dad for sure like People are stupid, and I don't know why, but they're just stupid. But they're just stupid, yeah. They don't and know any better. And that's not right, you know? That's not a good way to think. So when did you feel that shift in, like, um, your, where you went from that, that hatred and anger Around to the time when I figured out that I didn't have to try so hard to get what I needed. Yeah. When, when I realized that, you know, um, people aren't so bad. Right, and, yeah, I agree. And you don't have to hate everyone just because you don't understand them. Yeah. Yeah, that... <sighs> To me, it's just to me. It's I. What I'm seeing also is, and I feel is that our generation there. There's just there's a different understanding versus when I talk to people that are older than us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and it's like there's this there's a change coming. We're I tell a, people we're a more tolerant generation. I I feel that, and, I, and man, it you know it's even hard that I I see it for us now. It's like it's even hard to, to place us in the millennial category anymore. So I know, I, at least I feel like we're in a different we're in a, a latter part of it. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, there's an older generation which I I label them as like 29 to like 34, 35. Okay. And when I when it, okay, so it, this is more of just whenever I have a conversation with them, it's different. Sure. It's just different. And 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 I don't. I mean, for me, my expectations just here. And like I talk to somebody, it's like okay, I kind of get your, I could, I get your vibe, and then I go from there, and we'll yeah, continue yeah, or yeah, won't. Yeah, yeah. But when I when I talk to the, you know some of these older people or or I see what they're doing, it's like man, like. It's different. It's not the same. Yeah. And that's why right now, this is the first time I ever said this, but it's like, I feel like we're almost in a different category. Sort of. Almost. I mean, or at least, at least maybe a subcategory. I don't yeah. know. Well, no, as far as like chronological order, we're very much millennials. But as far mm-hmm. as our, our ability to think, um, yeah. There's, it's we're just definitely, different. It's, we're evolving, you know? Yeah, it's just different. And and even then, you know, then you meet those other people that are our age. It's like, okay, you know, there's a balance. You know, there's a balance in that yeah. it, itself, you know, where people think and then there's some people that... And it's not even that they take longer. It's just that they're. It's just different, you know. Yeah. And also we, I mean, because again, all this stuff ties back into parenting and like your past. And it's like, well, and and even now when I substitute, dude, like I'll push boundaries with kids. Like, okay, like, hey, well, what are your parents doing right now or whatever? And just, to, and it's and it's more to see what the reaction is. And it, I don't know if it's exactly good, mm-hmm. but it's like, well, at least I know how to talk to them now. Yeah. 
Because then there's some kids that are like, they're just great, and they're great kids. And, it's and like, that's okay, just cool. who they're going to be. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then there's other kids who are, they're very sour. And it's like, well, why? Exactly. And and it, and and my, because my premise whenever I go into a classroom now is like, well, you know, I do focus on the quote unquote trouble kids. Because, dude, I'll walk into a class and the, the teacher will leave me a list of like the bad kids. Interesting. And, and I, I shit you not, dude, every time I do that, I focus on them, and they end up being part of my best class. Interesting. Middle school or otherwise. Yeah, and it's, you know, why is that? Why do they become being your best class, right? Right. And it's because you took the time to identify that someone has a chip on their shoulder or something, Mm -hmm. and it's impeding their ability to be great, Mm -hmm. and you sit down and you have a conversation with them, and that's it. Dude, and and we haven't caught up, and we're going to continue this conversation forever yeah but uh but as far as like dude i've had kids send themselves to iss that's crazy because of the attention i give them like they're just not used to it they're like yeah. wait what i was I, t- I actually substituted uh substituted is that a word either way third I grade so. i write substituted that's the only way i can think about it anyway it's a word right past tense but on tuesday i was with third grade class and they're like, oh my god, we have a guy, we have a guy teacher, we have a guy teacher. Like they just could not believe it. Oh you know, wow! Especially, the, and I got more reaction out of the young, the long, young boys, mm-hmm. where they're it's just you know it's so unknown to them you know, at the to elementary level to, to have a guy teacher. You know, and obviously when you get, and even now it's so I we'll, we'll call it diverse for the sake of purpose. As far as like you just see more. You're starting, or at least I'm starting to see more male teachers get involved in middle schools and high yeah, schools. Yeah, dude, gen- gender roles, we talked about like, a little, like, as far as, like, my relationship, right? Like, gender roles, they don't, to me, they don't exist. Like, males and females have equal potential to do just about anything they yeah, want. Yeah, just about, yeah. Just about anything they want. Yep. And as far as being a teacher, like, you could even look at it like being a nurse, right? Like, nurses are supposed to be female. Right. False. Right. You, you can do whatever you want. And it, and it goes back to your statement of compassion. Right. I, I, that, that's part of the core. As far as, like, when you're taking care of another human being. Yeah, like, empathy. You have to have em- empathy. Empathy. Dude, that, dude I, I knocked on that word so hard last year. Like, it's like I, I drill that stuff in my sentence structure because it's, like, empathy. Yeah, You dude. get pissed off, be empathetic. Probably will help, will help you find a solution and, you know, mm-hmm. get o- or get over it. Maybe it's, maybe it's something bad that happened to you. Yeah. And it's like, well, hold on. Why am I so mad? Yeah. I've had that conversation for the past couple of days with a couple of people. And, they, and I know... Actually, I think both of them listen in, so they'll, they'll hear this. Interesting. Like, yeah, and, and it's like it's like you know, you gotta put yourself in that shoes because for one, you don't want to be stressed. Because what I see, and maybe you can help me here, mm-hmm. is like because you're the first person that's like in the medical field that I've yeah. talked to. But <laughs> as far as like the way I see it is like when people get angry. So let's say they get angry consistently. Mm-hmm. What I see, let's say we're 26. So let's say in 20 years when they're 46, what I see is like possibility of like stroke or like something like massive, like just happening to you. Yeah. I mean, you have to think about it. Like people can have an emotional reaction and that can make your heart beat fast. Right. And so if you compound that with the American diet and our sedentary lifestyle, you have atherosclerotic plaque all over your coronary arteries. Right. So in your 40s, let's just say 50s. Right. Mm-hmm. Just to make it more realistic. Let's just say you get. Yeah, up, give me a time. Let's just say. Yeah. Let's just say you get upset one day, and you've got, I don't know, like ninety percent occlusion or eighty-five percent occlusion of a vessel, and your heart starts working right, and all of a sudden your heart, in order to work, needs blood, right, and it needs those nutrients. And what coronary arteries are are literally arteries that come off your heart, and into your heart. It's insane. And <laughs> it's it, like okay, yeah, yeah. And I'm it sure. feeds your heart. It's so tight, and so 
someone gets upset, their heart starts beating fast. You suddenly need more blood. You need more oxygen capacity, and you just need more oxygen to those tissues. And when you ha- you're occluded there like that, and your heart's beating fast because you're upset, mm-hmm. yeah, that's like a that's a recipe for at least angina, which is just chest pain, okay. which is caused by occlusion of a vessel. But that can very easily lead to a heart attack. Right, and and that's all I think about because, like I said. For me, and, and I'm I'm developing my own kind of definition of control, because mm-hmm. the way I the way I'm trying to move it is like to control anger is like one thing, but it's like to control your thought processes so you can find a solution. Right. And and finding you should be maybe maybe something bad enough where like, it makes you angry, but it's like you know working to keep that cause keep your cool. Yeah. Yeah. Keep your cool to find I, a solution. I always talk about this with my fiance because you know relationships are work, right? And mm-hmm. and we people get mad that's fine but it's important i always tell her it's like important to catch yourself you're being upset and you kind of got to pump the brakes and say hey why am i upset is it worth it is it worth it me being this upset over something like this probably not like 80 to 90 percent of the time probably not yeah and you can ask yourself will this matter in a year right probably not right and 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 the thing i tie in with that is like be truthful be truthful to yourself for sure about, like this whatever you're telling whatever feedback loop you have in your head like be truthful for to yourself yeah like, be you know, honest like, like be very honest and th- i think that that's the hardest thing that i've been working on myself is yeah. like okay like what does this mean you know and and for me what i my takeaway is like how much time do you spend in that mindset and like being able to you? being able to reflect on yourself and come to the realizations that maybe hurt you maybe say may, maybe make you think damn i was a really bad person like, that's not okay. It's not okay for me to be like that. And now I'm seeing how crappy of a person I was, and I need to not be that person. Right. And and it's sometimes it's hard to face yourself in the mirror like that. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah. Because, again, it's the past, man. It's, it's the way. And, some, and like, some of it may, maybe, I guess, maybe in your genes, your DNA. You know, because the thing I think about first and foremost is, like, alcoholism. Mm. You know, where, where it can be, like, tied into, like, family ties, yeah. you know? And, and I know because I have that in my family. Sure. You know, and it, that's why I'm saying, for me, if I were to derail for a day, that could turn into... Three days. Yeah, really quick, really quick. Mm-hmm. And so so I think about that, but, you know, just the effects of being angry or, or, or like, a, any type of mood shift. Maybe you're sad, and then, yeah. that, then depression and all that stuff, you know? Right. And it's very interesting, just... It's interesting dissecting, that, dissecting it, and then when I see people react, and people see, see me not react, and they, that gets them more mad... It's like, well, hold on. I don't want you to get a heart attack right now. Please. Like, you know, like, like, please, you know. It's all reaction, right? And so when, whenever I'm talking to people that are getting upset, I I always say like, calm down. You're just being reactive. You're just reacting to a situation. Just pump the brakes. Let's take a second to regroup. And we can think about it together. And it's so funny because like, this is another, this is another thing. Another one of those things that I'm pretty sure we'll hear about is like, from our perspective, it sounds so easy, and it's not. It's not, no. And so, so how do you? So do you have like how is your self talk? My self talk. Yeah, like because uh, we're you know we're talking about self criticism and like being your worst yeah. critic and like how's your self talk now? Because I feel like, time. My whole point is like for me is like it's a it's a daily battle. Yeah, it's always going to be a daily battle. When I'm doing bad, a lot of a lot of me because by nature I'm a critic, and yeah. so a lot of me is going, dude, you're doing bad, dude, you're doing bad, dude, you're doing bad. And it's not until I feel really, really terrible that I go, man, I feel terrible. Why do I feel like that? And I'm like, oh, maybe it's because I've been telling myself I'm doing bad for like the <laughs> yeah. last month. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, and it's so crazy how how that, how long that can last. Yeah, it like can last a long time, longer than I know I work on that. And people, like, because 
obviously like with social media and I have you know I have Facebook, Instagram and mm-hmm. Twitter and the works, Snapchat too. And uh How do you like the update? Dude, it's terrible. I'm just I don't have a Snapchat. <laughs> oh, like, but you've heard about it. Yeah, it's <laughs> obviously. Bad. It's all over the internet. <laughs> but like so the thing is like people only see like my post. I'm like, well guys, I'm not posting every minute, you know, like yeah. I'm posting like if it's maybe maybe uh influential like in a in a positive way or you know or if I'm or if I'm like, oh man, I sh- I should probably post about this. Um, that's one thing, but they only see that. It's like guys, like yeah, like there's a it's a work, it's work. So here's an I guess an important adult decision that I made. Mm-hmm. So like med school is a four year event, right? And the the requirements of you as far as like being mentally there and being physically there, they're much more demanding than undergrad. You have mm-hmm. to go to class more. You have to spend more time studying. You have to spend more time away from family. You have to lock yourself in a room more, and it can be quite isolating. Um, so it's really easy to burn out, and, and burnout is a topic that we talk about a lot mm. as healthcare like right. managers. That's good. Yeah, okay, continue. continue. I'm and, uh, and so something happened to me um, during third year of med school. I, uh, I guess at the end, so this would be almost, this would be a year ago. I I got a kidney stone, man. Oh Jesus! I got a kidney stone at the end of my uh, internal medicine rotation, and I was out for a week. I went to the ER. I had narcotics in me, like mm-hmm. ridiculous stuff. And I thought I passed the stone. And so my next rotation was emergency medicine, and I started to have a bunch of urinary tract problems, like burning when i went to go pee Mm -hmm. or just burning at baseline like it just hurt yeah or and then i started to get more flank pain and um i went to another er in in edinburgh and i still had a stone and two weeks go by and i have more flank pain i go to another er i still have the stone i have oh geez still have a stone so the er i went to the guy working the doctor working, he was a, a fourth-year resident at my school. So okay. he knew me from emergency medicine. He was like, dude, what are you doing here? I was like, I got a stone, man. And he said, uh, call call urology. Uh, I'm going to call them. Tomorrow you go to the Mark, which is like one of our hospitals, and you tell them who you are, who sent you, who you're there to see, and that you're there to get a stent, which is basically a little tube they're going to put in my ureter, which is another tube that goes from my kidney to my bladder. Okay. And... So I show up the next day. I say who I am, who sent me, what's wrong with yeah, me, whatever. Works, right. And they go, oh, who? I never heard of you. Our next appointment is next Wednesday. And I say, oh, f- all right, let's do it <laughs> next Wednesday. And so it's my first week of pediatrics. I've already missed a week of medicine and the shelf exam, which is our final exam. And I missed the emergency medicine final exam. And day one of pediatrics, I tell my clerkship director, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. I don't know what's up. I'm going to this clinic appointment on Wednesday, and no promises that I'm going to be here after. Like I'm, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, what? Yeah, so c- certain. I, I show up on Wednesday. The guy goes, "Oh, so when do you have free time? We need to get the stones out." And I'm like, "I don't have free time. That's not a thing." And he says, "Great, surgery Friday." And I say, "You know," so I go to surgery, and I have the weekend to recover, but they intubate me, so meaning they put a tube down my throat and put me to sleep, mm-hmm. and did the surgery. I woke up. I was like peeing blood and I was all loopy and I was on narcotics again for another three, four days. And I'm on pediatrics and newborn nursery to be specific. So Monday comes and I'm all hopped up on drugs. Yeah. And I just, dude, I'm having like a literal mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. Like 
I'm waking up and I'm like, I am exhausted. I am so burnt out because you got to remember the whole time this is happening, I'm still doing school. Yeah, right, right. I'm yeah. still showing up to the hospital. I'm still trying my best. And that day comes and I'm like, I'm burnt out. Like, I can't. I physically cannot go to school. Mm. And if I do go to school, it would not be appropriate for me to handle a baby because I am on some really serious drugs right now. Yeah. And it's that's just not right. Yeah, there's no yeah, you, right. There's no good conscience in that. Exactly. So again, so at this point I'm missing at least three days of pediatrics and I talk to the dean and he says, you know, it's okay, it's okay. Um, at the end of the year, you'll just do a week of medicine. You'll make up the, so you'll you'll finish the year, and then right make after you're time. done, right after you're done with family, you do a week of medicine, and you'll take that final, and then you'll do another week of peds, and you'll take another final, <laughs> and then you have to, and then you have to study for your board exams for four weeks, and then you have to go do your sub internship, which is like getting ready to like for residency, okay. and then you have to apply for residency. And I was like, dude, I'm I. You, that's not realistic. Yeah, man. it doesn't even sound realistic. Like, I'm to gonna know. burn out. I'm yeah. already tired, you know? And he was like, you're, you're right, you're right. And I say, look, we need to figure a way for me to take some time. And he says, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. You need to take some time to get healthy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. At least get back to zero. At I least mean, to rest, rock. right? Yeah, yeah. At least get back to neutral. Get back to zero. Exactly. And try to go So it was a super tough decision, man. But I took I took about two and a half months or so. And I had to delay my graduation by a semester, which is not something that happens in med school because med school is like a, everyone graduates in May. Everyone okay. graduates in May. But the, the deans saw my case and they were like, look, you're not an underperformer. It's not like you're doing bad in school and that's why you want to take time right, off. Right, right, yeah. Like you're legitimately sick. Like, yeah, I'm here. Like you're like this, you talking, like, you know, I'm here every fucking day. <laughs> like, yeah, Jesus like Christ. they see me doing, I'm doing decent. I'm like middle of the pack in my class, which is like, Dude, we're talking about the smartest people in the world. I can only, I can only the, imagine. It is insane. There are some people in right. my class that I'm just like, dude, you're just, I can't even touch what you do. You're just so yeah, smart. Just I, I don't even know. Out of this world. I don't even know how you can think like that. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's very competitive. Mm -hmm. It's very competitive. And so, yeah. Yeah, because all of you guys going through this program. That's, dude, you think about it like the same this. End like, goal. Think about all the kids in undergrad that you had intro bio with that said, I want to go to med school, right? How many? 90% of the class, right? Yeah. How many of those kids actually go to med school? 5%, maybe 3%, yeah. right? Now, of those 3%, how many of them are ridiculously smart? All 3% of them. All 3% of them. You get a class of 220 kids with that, those, 3%, that 3%. Dude, it's hectic. That's crazy. That's crazy. It can be so about. hectic. So, yeah, I... I was bummed out that I was going to have to take some time because I wasn't going to graduate with my friends that I'd spent so much right. time with. But at the same time, I had to be like, what's right for me? Because this is a marathon and not a sprint. Yeah. And after this, I still got to do three years of residency, and that's going to tire me out. That's going to tire me the crap out. Yeah. And if I, if I keep pushing myself, what's to say I don't have a mental breakdown during residency that derails me there, yeah. where it's even more important? Yeah. Where it's even more important that I'm there physically and mentally, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, it was super tough. And I just said, hey, I need to take this time. It's going to suck because I'm not going to get what I want the way that I expected it. Mm -hmm. But I got dealt a shitty hand, and yeah. I, I have to make the best of it. Yeah, That's – I mean, and it's crazy because now we're here, and it's it's great to hear – at least that, like you said, pushing the brakes. Like, let's let's take a moment here and really dissect right. what the hell's going on. Because, uh, you know, in this case, in your case, it's like it seemed there was no positive outcome. No. At all. No. It was it was death. You know, essentially, essentially. You know. Yeah. I mean, you're just gonna 
fall. You're gonna fall where you lay. You know, you're gonna lay where exactly. you or whatever. Where, however that saying goes, but oh man, that's so insane, man. So so where are you at now? Where, so or, I or go ahead, go ahead, yeah yeah no no I'll tell you where I'm at now. I finished. Uh, so I've made up everything that I need to make up. Mm. That was fine. I did fine on all my finals yeah. as expected, and uh, I'm like I'm. So I'm graduating in December. Good. So I'm doing fourth year stuff now, and I'm um, I'm taking electives and and being a fourth year is really cool because everything's pass fail, mm. and it's it's kind of all about learning because for the sake of learning, I guess. Right. And it's so much fun. It is so much fun to just learn for the sake of learning. But at the same time, I still have to take this board exam, which I'm studying for, that's going to be at the end of March, that I may or may not postpone. I don't know yet. But um, yeah, it takes a lot of effort to study for a board exam, too. So with all this free time that I have, because I don't have that much stress at school, because I'm a fourth year now or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm using that time to study for my boards so I can do well on my boards. Good. Yeah, because that's your priority. That, that's one of the principles in extreme ownership is prioritize and execute. Exactly. You know, people – that's one of the – and there's, there's some principles – well, okay, there's 12 principles in there. And I basically use all of them, but there's some that, that seem to stick out more than others. Sure. And especially, like, dealing with stress, dealing with a, with a, with a mm-hmm. situation where it could, you, could, you could either get mad and just throw it, piss it all away. You can get depressed because, you're like, you're overwhelmed. Right. Where it's like, well – Let's break this down, prioritize and execute. You make a list. In your case, you know, you know what you seem to know what you, where you're headed. You know, you already mm-hmm. have an outcome. You have an expectation. It's like, okay, prioritize and execute. Boom. What's more important? What's exactly. more important? And it's, it's so interesting how how uh, it's easy to fall off of that. But if you can have, I mean, and also like to be fair, like to have someone else. What about okay, having someone there to help you out? Do you have? I mean, I'm trying to try to phrase these questions, but as far as like your support group, yeah. So it was really weird, man. Um, I expected off the front end a little more support from my mom when I told her I wanted to take time, but she freaked out because all of a sudden that's like another semester of med school. That's a whole year before I get to have a job and like get paid, right? So that's expense. And so she freaked out, and I guess in retrospect that makes sense, but at the same time money does not trump health and and uh, well-being and yeah because i mean well if, I mean, it's simple if you die then what like right exactly know. what was it for mm-hmm. so i think she took at some point i was like losing it so bad and i think she saw that i was literally at my wits end and she was like hey yeah you need time yeah yeah i do i've been telling you i yeah, do need yeah, time <laughs> This is this is the breaking point. Yeah, you know, and this like, was the breaking point. And a lot of people level. between undergrad and med school take time off. They do other stuff. Right. Two years, three years, mm-hmm. four years, even more. Right. I went straight through. I mean, I've been in school since I was four. You know. <laughs> right. Like you I did. straight through undergrad, straight through med school. Like I haven't taken any breaks. That was the first break yeah. I took in like. And it was only forever. what you said two and a half months. Two and a half months. months. That, and that's nothing, dude. You know, one thing I was talking about with it, well, last time I had Eddie and uh, Brian on here, it was for the the year, quote unquote, year anniversary of the podcast. Oh, cool. Um, but what we talked about is like long term visibility. You know, mm-hmm. just like like what is what do you define as long term? What do you define as short term? And you know, for me right now at the moment, you know, short term is like the next three years. Like I feel like I feel like in three years we're gonna be here, and maybe me and you would have a different conversation. Sure. Like we're gonna be here in three years. Like what the fuck? I say what the fuck, but like just do it with intent. Yeah, you know, of like it's so it'll be here before you know it. It'll, so, it goes so, fast. So perspective of two and a half months—that's nothing. I mean, it's nothing. Nah, it's it's nothing. a flip of a coin. You're you're two and a half months in. Now you're back in school and you're and on your way. in retrospect, taking that time was the best thing I could have ever done for absolutely. myself. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. It almost sounds like a guarantee, like guarantee, like you know, absolutely. It was you know, the best like. thing I could have done for myself, and it was I grapple with a lot of psychological issues, like mm. what do why why do people think I'm taking time off? Do they think I'm stupid? Do they think I failed a class? Right. And, 
You just have to learn to yeah, say, who cares? Right. Who cares what they think? I'm better, and that's what matters to me. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Now we can we can shift gears from school. We've been talking about school since you were four years old. <laughs> since I was four. It's so crazy, man. All right. So jumping topics completely, but your relationship, your engagement. Yeah. Go go through that a little bit. As far as just just, and I don't know if necessarily like chronologically, but just the feeling and what what guided you how, when you felt confident, like oh man, this is who something. I want to marry. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's just about. Um, Finding someone who is, like, your equal counterpart, I guess. Like, someone that, like, fully reflects who you are, but that can also bring out the best of you. And I think it's also important to recognize that the person that brings out the best in you can also bring out the worst in you. But mm. that's not that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, well, I was going to say it's not a bad yeah, thing. Yeah, that's not necessarily a bad thing because if you think about it, um, what's not to say that someone who's not right for me brings out even worse out of me, mm. right? So everyone's going to rub you the wrong way. And I think being in a relationship has taught me that it's not always going to be perfect. And yeah. that's okay. That's fine. There yeah. are bumps in the road and that's okay. But those bumps and how you handle those define you as a couple forever. Right. And so what made you want to make those boundaries and those leaps as far as like, hey, this, like, let's say you have for sake of uh, example, it's like, okay, you had an argument yesterday mm-hmm. and like, I, I, at least from my perspective, I, and I said this on here, is like I haven't been in a relationship in years. It's been a okay. long time since I've been in a real a serious relationship. Real serious relationship. So all I'm seeing, all I have is theory and what I see from a, mm-hmm. from perspective, from outside perspective. But you know, it's like you get mad, and it's like it seems like it, like for some people, for yeah. some people, it's so easy. To, you know what? Just we're gonna break up, and that's it. Right after that one. Right after that one thing, you know, and it's and so to get it, over that hump, to get over it, that, if, and. and you I guess you just have to tell yourself, like, if every time I get mad with someone, I just cut off that relationship, Does what does that do for me? Yeah. I'm just cutting people because they make me mad? No, why don't I learn from a situation yeah. and try to make it better? And so it's okay to fight. Now, now, now let's do the dichotomy, like, realizing, like, okay, this is toxic. I need to cut this person off. Yeah, so that's different. And that's when you're fighting more than you're loving, right? right? When it's like, majority of the time, we don't like each other. And it's also important to maintain perspective. Like, say you're fighting for three, four days straight, and you're like, man, all we do is fight. Take some time and go, do we really always fight? Always fight, like, yeah. Nah. No, right. it's mostly good. That's okay. I'm realizing that, yeah. Yeah, and, I, and, it, and it, this would be a very brief little piece, but it, I think it's just important because, like, you're engaged. We're the same, you know, essentially the same mm-hmm. age. And, like, you know, I, I feel like I'm at least two or three years away from, like, that. Yeah. But just because I, I don't know when I think you had posted about it, when or whenever you posted about it, right? Yeah. You had you had pose and everything, and I was like, oh shit! Like Frankie's yeah. Frankie's getting married at some point. We don't know when, right? But at some point, and now we're you said six months away. Yeah, six, six months away. So we I, when I asked her to marry me, we had been dating for five and a half years. Mm, okay. So that's a super long yeah, time. Yeah, that, yeah. And and I just sat myself down and I said, she's a excellent person she is my favorite person to be around i like spending more time with her than any of my friends she is my best friend you know she is my confidant i tell her everything she tells me everything she is my equal and opposite counterpart literally that's great no that's that's great dude like i said for me like i said it's just just perspective and she's amazing and that's great i mean i can't shout out dora dami (laughs) yeah and and i and i I see your tweets but you know 
throughout you know this time. I mean, dude, we've had Twitters for so fucking long. Oh, it's dude, <laughs> since 2009. It's crazy. Like, I think I got mine in 2010. It was whatever. 2009. Around man. there is, and it's like, but like seeing that, it's like, man, like, good. And now it's like, yeah, I'm lucky, man. Just pushing, pushing that envelope of optimism. You know, and I'm super that. lucky. That's yeah. great. And I, I don't, I don't take it for granted. It's five and a half. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I feel like I have a, I have a, another question. But as far as like, as far as like time. Because mm-hmm. five and a half years. It's a long time, right? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. Dude, that's a, that's how long I've been single. You know, I, for yeah. me, from my, you know, from my experience, like, fuck, I haven't had a serious. You know, and I've always said, like, you know, I've had things here and there, but nothing like where, like, nothing oh, like, nothing that even made me consider, like, oh, long term. No. Yeah. Like, okay, this happened. Okay, this happened. This happened. Okay, well, whatever. It just turned um, into, it just turned into what it is. And I never put pressure on it to be more than what it was. I just let it kind of be organic and. Um, dude, we just really love each other a lot. That's great, man. And you know, it, it's interesting because even that that in itself is like five and a half years, like letting letting it simmer, you know, the marathon concept, you know, of like yeah. one of these things where it's life altering. For sure. You know, where you'll be finishing well okay, so school so you have you have this year you'll be graduating in December mm-hmm. and then you have residency. Right. So what what happens then? So residency is essentially like a job where you're learning at the same time. Okay. And you don't get paid as much as like a doctor doctor. Right. But you still get paid. But you, you, com- you, you get compensated for you time. You get some salary, right? Like okay. 45k a year or something like that. So even so um, potentially even with that, I mean you that, that your timeline makes sense like you know, as far as your expectations like okay, mm-hmm. 6 months from now you're going to have you're you're going to get married. Next year you're going to start your residency and it's going to kind of have fall a job. In. Yeah, it'll, she it'll has in. a job already. Great. And so it when did I like coming to the idea of like why didn't I ask earlier? Like I probably knew I wanted to marry her like three years in or mm-hmm. two and a half years in or something like that. But it's understanding when is it right as far as financially? Can I support this person? Yeah. Um, Fair can, enough. can I be who they want me to be? Am I who they want me right. to be? Right. Uh, yeah. I'll say that that balance of that. On right. Its own, am you know? I mature? How much, are, how much are you willing to am change? Am I mature? Yeah. Am I still changing? Like who am I? And I feel like I reached a point where I was like, I'm pretty static now. I'm pretty good. Mm. Like, things aren't going to change that much that for much. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we're changing, we're changing together at this point. We're so in sync. It's like I always send her this this picture of, like, if you guys ever watched SpongeBob, um, there's, like, that one episode where, like, SpongeBob, like, lifts up his shirt and, like, they're sharing a heart or whatever. Okay. Yeah. It's because we are the uh, fully on the same yeah, wavelength. Yeah, just same wavelength. Like, yo, do you want to do this? Like, oh, I was just thinking that. Or, like will say something and she'll be like, I was literally thinking that. Or like, she'll say, oh, when you were a kid, did you like to do this? I'm like, yeah, literally exactly that. Exactly like, the same. We're on the exact same wavelength. It's, it's crazy how, I've, I've, you know, you're saying, so, because I guess the way I, I put it for myself is like, I need the opposite of me. Like, I'm, I'm introverted in my thinking and I can be socially extroverted because of, because we're in a social She's different thing. enough from me, right? But right. like, um, socially, she can be different than me. But as far as her personality, is spot on. Yeah, it's so Super perfect. Interesting. It's yeah, so, interesting. so perfect. Man, and because because for me it's like one of those macro questions. Like, well, when do you figure when do you figure that out for yourself that you realize okay this is the probably the type of person I need to meet with yeah, me. Yeah, you just I don't know, man. I don't know how to explain it. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. To me, because to me it's it's the love component, and you know it, it's an emotion. Like it's a, love's it's a feeling, not a love's a, not a thing I, that you can explain, man. Right. It's right, just right. like. That's my Dude, whole point. I just love her, bro. Yeah. It's just what it's, it's it is. There. Yeah. And she loves me back. Yeah, right, she right. Said yes. <laughs> right, right, right. Dora, if you're listening <laughs> for this episode, but uh uh 
Man, that's that's very cool. It's, okay, wavelength. Now, now we're switching again. Sure. What what brought you back to music now? Because you're oh, very yeah, involved yeah, yeah. with just like making material. Dude, okay, so this is what happened. <laughs> this is an awesome story. So like, um, undergrad, right? I'm like school, 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 and senior year of undergrad comes around. It's my last semester. Uh, actually, let's just start. Let's go to junior year before. So I get a MacBook, right? Before I had this really crappy MacBook, then I got a MacBook Pro, and I was like, ooh, GarageBand, that's tight. And I was like, <laughs> I know how to torrent stuff. I'm going to torrent Logic Pro. So I did that, and I was like, ooh, Logic Pro is really cool. I want to get kind of good at it. And at the time, it's kind of when this revolution of, like, home studio, do-it-yourself thing was, yeah. like, on the rise. Mm-hmm. Like, you could get, like, superior drummer or whatever right. and program drums and essentially if you could play guitar you could write a whole song yeah you could just by yourself you could be a one-man band yeah and i uh about a year after i got the macbook i'm like sitting in the library and i'm like man i kind of want to like write some breakdowns or whatever (laughs) and i I was like i want a seven string guitar so i I go to the internet and i'm like what's the cheapest seven string i can get 200 bucks call my mom like what do you think she's like yeah it's okay you don't like buy anything ever and like you never get anything so yeah yeah it'd be okay reasonable Mm -hmm. so i get a i buy the seven strings like 200 bucks and i just dumb idea don't get a seven string first (laughs) um but i was just like yeah break down break down break down and like i got into like guitar tone and i was like how do i get a good tone and what are impulse responses and like what are free amp simulators and um, other amp simulators and stuff like that right. and programming drums and I was like man my program drums sound good but they don't sound real how do I make them real and how do I route all my drums to like individual track like individual yeah, yeah. Uh, indiv- I know what would you call them <laughs> I don't know what like just individual tracks I guess right, like yeah. snare on one track kick on the other like you can you can isolate each, right isolate each, each drum each drum exactly to and, be able to mix it the way you and want. learning how to like what's compression and like mm. so i just i just went down a rabbit hole and i was like yeah. well i like this a lot and, and it became my hobby like whenever i'm not studying like i can sit down behind a computer and pull up my preset and would like, you would you call your your stress reliever for sure yeah. a thousand percent yeah. i just i just, I just want to make that no because to me that was that was my assumed answer because yes. like that's one thing i learned last year is like you need a hobby yeah like, like it's you need a hobby for a hobby. sure if i didn't have that i'd be probably insane yeah. Um, it just brings me back to earth and uh, reminds me that there's so much to learn in a lot of different ways. Right. Um, but yeah, so I got super into like recording music and like how to make things sound good. That was like my number one priority. How do I make something sound good? Yeah. Like I can write songs, but it doesn't matter if it doesn't sound yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. And you know, I, it's funny because. Dude, my my obsession with my tones is oh, is through the roof, and my <laughs> tie. And I honestly think I honestly tie this back to Mister Rogers, because his thing was like, okay, tubas, do this sound and yeah. make it sound like this. Brian saxophone, you know, do this, and mm-hmm. you need to do this. Or hey, guys, to co- you know, do these different right. tonality changes, you know, and there are people playing instruments with their mouth, mm-hmm. and so like you talking about tone now, it's like, dude, that's the same fucking. You thing. add an electric component, and it's like everything suddenly matters. The guitar strings, how new are they? Yeah, your fretboard, is it made out of rosewood? Is it made out of maple? Right. Like, what's it made out of? What's your guitar made out of? Is it made out of maple, alder? Is yeah. it made out of basswood? Pine. It, it matters. Yeah. It matters. Yeah, what are your pickups? It matters. Yeah. It all matters. Yeah. What's and the order of your pedals? You put the <laughs> o- you put your overdrive after your reverb. You're a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wh- dude. Okay, so when I learned that, <laughs> I was like, and and the good thing is I learned it before I had too many pedals. Mm-hmm. So I had like 
compression, overdrive. And then I think I had like a boost and then like a tuner. So it was like four, three or four pedals is what I started okay. with. Even when I was playing, you know, sh- when I started playing shows, uh, you know, you put your tuner last as a buffer. I do. Okay. Yeah, it's now. Yeah, it's now. Took last. me forever. I was like, who's putting tuners last and why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why. And the guy, I don't know if you ever. I mean, obviously, a country guitarist, but uh, his name is Brent Mason. Okay. Freaking, I don't know who that is. Uh, honestly, dude, just, if you just type in his name, he's basically done all the guitar tracks from like '88 to like now. Oh wow. <laughs> like, like, yeah, like cool. like he's, awesome. he's one of the guitar players in Nashville. That, he's like a studio dude. Yeah, yeah, he's a studio guy. He he's session a session guitarist. N- yeah, he he fell into that like. Uh, I'll have to show you some music later on, but cool, he, yeah, but yeah. he's that he's that person that was a Nashville back in the late '80s into the '90s. That Alan Jackson, all these guys that were like hitting number ones. Mm-hmm. He's the guitar player. He's behind, behind all yeah, that. Yeah, George Strait, Alan Jackson, Brooks That's and so Dunn. Cool. Like he was green, and like he had the right connection, and he got into a studio, and from then at least right. So and then it's over. then going, how do I get that? Right, <clears throat> and that and I that was my initial obsession. So like you know, as far as like pedals, like and tone, it's like oh Jesus Christ, like. I obsess over that shit more than a lot of Fully other things. Fully same. And I have to, like, watch myself because, you know, I have two amplifiers now. And I, I only use one. Well, I have two guitars, but I only use one mostly just because of the, the styles that we, like, maneuver mm-hmm. through. And styles as far as, like, shuffle to, like, a straight beat. You know, okay. like, stuff like that. It's not necessarily, like, genre styles. Um, but even that, it's like, okay, if, I, if I'm going to be fucking around my pedal board. I did this for, like, two months. Like, December and January. I was just met, like pedalboard only, focus on that only. Mm-hmm. Like what what am I what do I want to change if, if anything? Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. So on and so forth. But it's so crazy. My whole point is like tone. You know, yeah, like, it's so crazy dude. how it's important. It's so important. It's <laughs> so so important. so so tone in a person's voice. Yeah. Talking to a person. And you can tell, you can pick <laughs> up on emotions. Really quick, man. Oh man. Cool. Well, we're, we're, we'll call it there, just because I feel like we have a we have a good point here. We can we can we can call it. We can go get some grub if you're down. I'm down. We'll do that. I'm very and, uh, hungry. Very cool. What's what's uh what's your Twitter? Because now now the world's gonna hear this. All right, yo, at Frankie GTX, but I'm on private, so you just have to request me. But I'll say yes probably, yeah. as long as you don't got any weird porn on your Twitter. <laughs> Uh, I had one of those recently. Really? Like I typically just say yes to everyone because yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yo, like follower to following ratio. It's got to be good. <laughs> but I just say, I recently added this, or this chick added me, and I was like, I'm going to see what's up with Dude, it was like a bunch full of on, I was like, what the on. fuck is this? I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> not on yeah, my Twitter. That, right. Like, not okay. <laughs> All right. Frankie GTX. Get him on Twitter. Because that, that's the only social media you I have. only have a Twitter, yeah. Yeah, Twitter. And I, I've only, like, I've, I go, I come on and off. I come on and off of, of Twitter. I'm on right now, so like you know. But the main thing is movingwithlive.co. Co. Um, me and Frankie are gonna split out. We're gonna we're gonna have we'll have future conversations for sure. For sure. I feel like for everybody, this is just the we background. We have just scratched the surface. Yeah, we've just scratched the surface. And like I said, you know, we're gonna be here three four years from now and be like, hey, dude, what you know? We're Nothing's gonna, have- gonna change. <laughs> just kidding. He, Frankie's gonna get more static. <laughs> I'm gonna if be that's more normal. If that's if that's if that's possible, it'd be. Nah. The balance will be perfect. Yeah, it'll be good. You will have been married, and everything will be. Sh- yeah, we'll see up. where I'm at in that time. <laughs> we'll have a conversation before that, but anyways, we're out. We'll see you guys. Peace later. <laughs>